today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The National Football League got underway last night, uh, Thursday Night Football. The defending champions, uh, Kansas City Chiefs and uh, Houston Texans, uh, played in Kansas City, of course. Uh, And, well, there were a lot of subtext to this whole situation because of what's happened over the last six months since the Super Bowl was played. Uh, with obviously COVID and the impact that that's had, uh, Black Lives Matter, the number of, of deaths that have occurred, and the, the, the marches, mostly peaceful marches that have happened, uh, and the NFL's commitment, uh, commitment to be a part of this and to, to end racism uh, and to talk about discrimination. So to that end, uh, there was a pregame ceremony that talked about a, a moment of togetherness. And, uh, well, Houston decided not to take part in it. As soon as the anthem started to play, they all left the field. Uh, and came back, of course, and there was a, a, a moment between the two of them. But when the uh, they did get back onto the field, and the announcer asked them to the, the field announcer that is asked everybody to take part in a moment's silence uh, for uh, ending racism. Uh, well, it did not go well. It's really not about the flag. It's about uh, making sure that you know that people understand that Black lives do matter and that there is a systemic racism problem in this country. And so that's what our players decided to do as a team. That was a, something that we spoke about twice, and as a team they decided to do. It wasn't anything where guys couldn't agree or anything like that. I think guys – what I would say is, Brian, that guys wanted to be very respectful of each other. That's uh, Texan head coach Bill O'Brien explaining his team's uh, uh, movements and uh, their attitude heading into this. And we're going to see, I guess, an awful lot of this. But it, uh, it, it almost seemed to supersede the football game itself, which uh, was rather interesting in and of itself. But I guess uh, it's the new normal. Scott Radley joins us to talk about this. host of the Scott Radley Show and, of course, uh, sports columnist uh, in the Hamilton Spectator. Uh, politics and football aren't supposed to mix. But, boy, I don't know that you can separate them these days, Scott. Well, you know, Bill, it, yeah, great introduction because everything you said is, is, is right on. And this is why this has become so complicated, and especially your last line. We have seen, and we don't know exactly why, but we've seen that the NBA's TV numbers have been really down in this playoff. And we don't know if it's because the NBA doesn't normally play at this time of year or whatever the reason, but there are some theories that you know what, people watch sports as an escape and as a diversion from their life. And they want to watch because, you know what, you deal with all the other stuff in your daily day life, and then you can sit down and just do something that is not serious, really. It's the toy department. And when the athletes, even if they are very well-meaning and fully believe what they are doing and see their platform, if the athletes bring that stuff into this diversion, people are saying, well, wait a second, that's not why I'm tuning in. That's one of the, that's one of the theories about why the NBA numbers, because the NBA has been the most political of the leagues. And now you've got the NFL starting, and there was a lot of questions about how people would react. And again, you, you played that clip. Um, when the players lined up, I, I, don't, I don't believe, now I may be wrong, but I don't believe that everybody in Kansas City is a raging racist. What I do believe is when they were booing, what they were booing was, guys, we're here to watch football. And, you know, that's, this is a tough spot because these are important issues. These are things that matter to the players for sure and are, and are really integral to the discussion in society right now. 
but there's a question, and I think it's a I think it's a question that is going to be answered with ratings and with pocketbooks about is this the forum that the people want this thing to be discussed in? Do we want sports to be the platform for these discussions, or do we want sports and entertainment to be the places where we can have a break and then go back and deal with these things all the rest of our life? But but that's the crux of the problem, though, Scott. And, and and this goes all the way back. And I remember a conversation you and I had the, with the Colin Kaepernick situation. And that's a few yep. years old now. Yep. Uh, is that the, the what the black athletes are saying in the NBA and the and the NFL and, and to a certain extent at MLB too, is no, we're not just going to be here to entertain you and then to hell with our problems uh, until there's a, a you know a concerted effort to address them. And I I get their point about that because for far too long they just said, well, yeah, but you know you just want me to play football. You don't want me to express my concerns about what's happening societally here, and I, I understand that frustration. What I found interesting about last night, and I'm glad you brought up the example of the NBA, because I, I think you're right from a, a, a vocal standpoint, you know, the, the, the LeBrons and, and, and a couple of others, and Freddie Van Vliet from the Raptors and, and a few others, have been very vocal about this Black Lives Matter scenario and what's going on, but there have been no fans there. No. Last night no. was the first time that this, this protracted football season slash basketball season slash hockey season has been played in front of a crowd and uh they didn't like it they didn't like what they saw some some of them i shouldn't say all of them no no and to your point bill you're absolutely right about the players right the players are saying we have to do something we have to take a stand and, and they have been very political and very active and we have to use our platform and we don't want to just be here to entertain you and a lot of fans are saying wait a second Yes, you do. I'm not paying big money to go and sit in the stands to watch you kneel. I'm coming to watch you because of your excellence in football. And so I think there is this conflict now between the two sides. One saying we're doing something really important, and the other saying, yes, you may be, but this is not the place we want you to be doing it. We're not here for that. I mean, if I could use another example, if you went to the, the symphony, and you were there to hear classical music, and suddenly the conductor said, you know what, we're going to have a 25-minute dissertation on some issue beforehand. People might say, wait a second, that's not why I've paid my money. The the trouble with this, Bill, is that I don't think that the players are wrong for feeling like they want to use their platform to make a stand. And I'm not entirely sure the fans are wrong for saying, I get this 22 other hours of the day, this is the place where I want to come to escape. I just don't know how you're going to bridge that gap because I see Okay, but here's here's the hypocrisy with this, Scott, okay? I, for those fans that booed and say, well, I didn't want to do this. this, is not what I paid my money for. Those are the same fans that would sit through a 10, 15-minute uh, pregame show with, that honors the U.S. military, and they did that every game for years because the Pentagon bought time for it. And that's fine as long as you've got F-14s flying over top of the stadium and flags all over the place. That's great. We can wait for that. But these are these are Americans, too. These black athletes are Americans, too. And they're saying, hey, what about us? I, I can understand exactly where they're coming from. I, look, I, I've said to you, I think that I can see the athlete's position on this one. I just think that there is going to be this conflict between the two sides and where this thing is going to get resolved, one, one of a few things is going to happen. Um, uh, first of all, I'm still shocked, Bill, that Roger Goodell and Adam Silver and other commissioners have not said, you know what, clearly right now 
the anthem is proving to be a flashpoint between fans and players. If the players want to kneel and the fans are angry about that, why do we need to have the anthem before the game? Maybe we can remove that and some of the animus goes away and some of the, the of this happens. Now, I, I don't think the players would just not do anything else that would protest, but clearly for a lot of people that anthem is sacrosanct and you don't screw with it. And so I'm shocked they're still playing anthem at the game, to be honest, because... That's yeah, and I, I, I sound, at the risk of sounding unpatriotic, uh, what does the national anthem have to do with a sporting event? I mean, they, they started well, they started playing the national anthem during World War II at baseball, Major League Baseball games, and it was basically to get people propped up so they'd go and enlist and fight. And, that's, and that was way back when, and I guess it's sort of become a tradition, but it has as much place at, at a football or a hockey game as, as, as kneeling in front of that anthem does. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a political statement. And, of course it is, and it's, been, and it's been something that has become part of the tradition. I mean, as a kid... You know, you, you would, it was big time. When, I, when my kid was playing minor hockey, it was big time when you, before your game, the tournament played a national anthem or something. Oh, yeah. Because that's just sort of a big time thing. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, the last time, Bill, that I can think of where an anthem was something that was more than just a pregame part of the standard thing would have been back in the Gulf War when Whitney Houston did the Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl. And, where it really meant something because the states had just gone to war. Um, otherwise, more often than not now, people are just waiting for the anthem to be done for the game to get going. It's not like you're... Uh, it's not like... It's not like you're... The, well, actually, that's not true. As I'm talking, there's one other one. There's one other time the anthem has been a really big deal lately, and that was about two years ago in the Stanley Cup playoffs when Nashville was in then every single anthem they brought out a new superstar, and people wanted to just see who was going to sing yeah. the anthem, but it really didn't have anything to do with the anthem itself. No, that's that's the showbiz. Look, like the, the athletes are just mocked back and forth. They're trying to get psyched up for the game. Uh, half the people are starting to cheer halfway through yep. the anthem. I don't know. Yep. Uh, We've got to leave it here. We're just about out of time. Uh, I know you're going to pick up on this, and I'm sure you'll be talking about it on the program tonight. But uh, thanks so much for the time today, Scotty. Always a pleasure. Anytime, Bill. Have a great day. Scott Radley, of course, host of the Scott Radley Show. You can hear him at 6 o'clock uh, every weeknight on uh, 900 CHML here in Hamilton. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.